Secrets of the Sire is now the Rogue Wave podcast. If you're listening to this, it means you still haven't subscribed to Rogue Wave on iTunes and Google Pods. For now, we'll be available through the old Secrets of the Sire feed, but not for long. To subscribe to the Rogue Wave podcast on iTunes, simply go to secretsofthesire.com slash iTunes, and it will take you to our new home on Apple Podcasts. Click the subscribe button, and you're good to go. Go to secretsofthesire.com slash Google to do the same on Google Pods. We thank you for your support and look forward to it continuing via the Rogue Wave podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Rogue Wave Podcast. We are the frequency for all things pop culture and the disruptors behind it. Talking comics, movies, TV, and pop culture every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, happy April Fool's Day. All your summer movies are gone. Huh? That's not a joke? Ugh. Plus, the bracket hath advanceth uh, our March movie madness DC films. Uh, we welcome Fabian Nicieza of Batman and Deadpool fame to advance the next set of movies from the Elite Eight to the Final Four and how the publishers are dealing with the diamond closure. I am your host, Michael Dolce, as always, brought to you alongside my co-host extraordinaire, Mr. Hassan Godwin, Lord of the Livestream. How are you doing, sir? Uh, everything's great. Quarantine the life. It's day, life. Day 78, right? <laughs> it feels like that, right? Yeah. Feels like week 10. <laughs> yeah, I've been telling people, you know, because I work from home, my my daily life hasn't actually changed. However, the weekends used to be like my break. <laughs> it just feels like it's just on and on and on. It's the same thing day in and day out. Now there is there is no... Uh, yeah, there's uh, no break in it. Yeah. There's no yeah. break in the break. This is like what happens when you, you know, are like Ant-Man 2, you know, he was he was... In prison at home. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it feels like. And then two. Oh boy! Don't go than, on a tirade. Better don't than go on a tirade. About All right. No. <laughs> no. 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 Not not better than Ant-Man one. Ant-Man one. No, better. I like them both. I don't want to get into this discussion with you about mm. Ant-Man because you you you. I remember you have a you know points of view that I do not agree. With. I. You know what. I'm just in a heavy versus mode, and uh, when we come back after uh, yeah, next segment, everything we'll, is binary. Uh, everything is binary on the well, internet. Well, we are literally doing a March Madness bracket uh, with DC Films. So, but we start with our opening credits. Uh, some corporate cost cutting. I, I, this is interesting. So, we'll get into the delays in a second. But I wanted to kind of mention uh, Disney execs and Cinemark execs and and all these execs now are actually taking half their salary as a result of this coronavirus chaos. So kind of an interesting, kind of interesting how this is working versus like in the 2009 economic collapse when all the executives were like, no one has jobs, bonuses for us. Kind of, kind of an interesting little little turn of events with that. Uh, but I know the news that everyone wants to talk about are the delays. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 pushed back to late summer amid coronavirus panic. Uh, this actually broke the day after our show last week. Uh, Warner Brothers is pushing it back to August 14, uh, which is in contrast to Sony, who basically has re- uh, rearranged his entire upcoming slate, including Morbius and the new Ghostbusters movie, where they're going to be out in March and April of next year. It, it, it's fascinating to me to see what's happening in terms of how people are delaying it. So uh, do you think 1984 is going to be able to hit in August like they think? I mean, what's your, what's your, what's your, what's your best, guess, best guess on that? No. So you think this is like a failed... Like a failed uh, attempt I, I, to just kind of salvage it. Whatever this is, it's probably going to last a full year. So mm. you know, I mean, we might be lucky if we get things in September, October, or you know, get some uh, December movie releases and stuff like that. But October, excuse me, August seems very early. You know, in the grand scheme. Well, because I mean, we're we're you know we're a month away from May, June, July, August. That's, yeah, it's really close. Well, you and I were talking about this kind of off uh, off air too. I mean, it's like 
you know, I was supposed to go to a concert on Monday night. Uh, it's a good thing they, they postponed it because, you know, obviously couldn't do it then. But then in three months from now, you know, will you feel safe going out? Uh, I know all the pro sports teams are saying they're going to bring the season back, no fans. Uh, so, you know, how does that reconcile with theaters? You know, how are theaters going to be able to do that? And is August, as much as, as much as August feels like it's, you know. I, th- I, think, I think this time around we're going to have a lot of breakthroughs in, in, um, in current streaming. Mm. I think I think that I think the medium is poised to be exploited for um, for 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 an upgrade in commercial streaming. Yeah, I think we are all prepared for it. I think they just need to pull the trigger. And I think the more and more this starts to hurt the bottom lines of major studios. Yeah, the the, the looser and looser the parameters are going to be for them to release brand new things. Also, the Invisible Man had like a, a financial resurgence on streaming. You know, mm. After they release it in the theaters and then they release it on streaming, and it, it actually, you know, that and onward, they had the, the you know, they were they were kind of windfalls. Yeah. So I mean, look, you're not gonna, you might not eke out a billion dollars. No. Model, but you know, it is a substantial way for a company to be continuing to make, you know, to make money to continue their revenue stream in in the midst of this, you know. What is what is obviously going to be a severe financial crisis that we're we're walking into? Yeah, and it's interesting too because we're, and we'll talk about this when we spin the racks uh, in segment three with the comic book stores. But but the digital medium itself. I mean, you have Steven Spielberg on one end <clears throat> last year who's arguing that if if it's you know if a movie goes straight to streaming, that it shouldn't be considered for an Oscar. Well, now you have movies that all they can do is go straight to streaming. Uh, rumors that I was hearing is Black Widow might not be released in theaters at all. It might just be a di- you know a streaming release just because you know Marvel needs it more than DC. DC literally DC can push Wonder Woman to August and then if that fails, push it to October. Assuming it you know obviously their own scheduling works out without really hampering their bigger picture because there is no bigger picture with DC. It's basically a handful of smaller movies that kind of exist within itself and bat, the Batman is I guess the next one up so that's been postponed already the production's been postponed so it's not as if you know DC the entire like DC movie plan hinges on these things coming out you know any specific time Marvel absolutely does we talked about this episode one though when of our of our show uh, which is I guess two weeks ago where you know, if Black Widow doesn't debut at a certain time, how does that impact the future of the Marvel Universe? And we assume that it just didn't, but now if we're hearing rumors that it's, you know, that it's going to be released VOD, then obviously there is a story element to it that is going to be, well, you know, maybe. that, that, that mean, needs to be included. There's a possibility <laughs> of that, or there's a possibility that they just want to continue making money. They, you know, any sure. company that's going to be have a viable... Uh, how have viable income have viable revenue are going to be able to pay their shareholders throughout this crisis right. where everything is fr- frozen and stagnant um it's going to be leaps and bounds ahead of most of the other in you know most of the other companies in the industry right so i mean look if they got to take a hit on perhaps making a billion dollars versus making zero dollars right. or, or 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 versus um versus releasing it on home media you know, and and making that abbreviated or or stagnated uh, uh, revenue from that, you know, then yeah, just try out streaming. We'll see. I mean, there's a lot of resistance towards it, you know, because it will close down other industries. If it takes off, if in the next three or four months we start doing commercial streaming to the point where brand new movies are being released on streaming and it proves to be highly successful, it will cripple to, it will destroy the, 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 the cinema industry. It will destroy it. It's I amazing. Mean, there, will, there will still be cinemas around as nostalgia pieces, and for other reasons, they 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 will repurpose themselves, but they won't be the kings of industry like they are now. Okay, uh, and and you know what? Maybe that's look. I mean, one of the things that that in my circles that we've been talking about is you know. For example, I'll use my own uh, analogy. I managed to organize my living room. Why? Because I happen to be home and it's something I've been putting off for a long time. So, but I needed the impetus to actually go ahead and do that. So maybe that is, maybe this is not a bad thing. I mean, uh, it's a bad thing for theaters. It's a bad thing, but maybe they'll reinvent themselves as well. I mean, you have things like Alamo Drafthouse, 
uh, where they, you know, they make it a night out versus uh, they make it an experience. The movie's not yeah. the experience. You know, baseball stadiums are, are starting to do that. Yankee Stadium is starting to do that. Yankee Stadium basically said, all right, do you want to, you don't need a, a seat because the game is not the attraction anymore. It's the experience of being in Yankee Stadium. 20 bucks, no seat. You can stand wherever you want. We have standing bars. They actually built more standing bars just because that's the response. So, you know, we look at things like an end of an era and sometimes we get very sad, or at least I do, you know, and again, we'll, we'll kind of go into this uh, segment three again too. We talk about the comic book situation and comic book retail stores. But maybe, maybe, maybe it's just nostalgia that's kind of we're kind of clinging to, you know. I mean, maybe that's. I mean, it's a lot of things. It's 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 nostalgia. It's a way of life for a lot of people. It's revenue for a lot of other people. It's a job, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot to be considered that's going to be lost if we change things like that. And then you know, there's also the irreparable. Excuse the irreparable. Excuse me in 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 English, the irreparable yeah. um, alteration of how we see movies, you know? I right. mean, they, that might dr dramatically change to the point where it doesn't, it, it, it loses its place as high art in our mm -hmm. societal, you know, uh, mentality. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot to be considered about it. Um, and we don't know what the, we don't know you what know, the, the, uh, the outcome is going to be. We don't know what the result is. I had a conversation with someone recently, too, and they asked, you know, um, digital comics versus, and this, this applies to your movie theater and what you just said, right? Uh, digital comics versus retail comics. He says, why would you want to be in stores? You can't make any money in stores. You can make money selling things digitally or in bulk, you know, but, but you know, and I go, you know, there's just a certain amount of cachet to being able to tell people you were in comic book stores, like your comic was in there. And just like you said, like the, the, the idea of high art, right? There is something about being released in a theater in a grand fashion that yeah. uh, that 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 does hold true. But again, There's a whole generation of kids who came up wanting to own a comic book shop, wanting yeah. to be a retailer. You know, yeah. I mean, you can't just say, "Oh, you can't make any money on it," so you know, take that dream and trash it and find another dream. You know, so I mean, like the trick of all things is like you know what you want to do when you're growing up versus when I was. When I was growing up mm -hmm. um, and going to day camp in um, in upstate New York, we passed by a car dealership, and there was a Trans Am Firebird, mm -hmm. gold. It was a gold Firebird. It's like a Hot Wheels car with the logo, with the Firebird logo on the on the hood. Yeah. And I'm like, when I grow up, I'm getting that car. <laughs> okay? I'm the, I'm going, I will have that car. Now, years go by. They don't make those cars anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Or, or they're, they're, those cars are so expensive that, you know, yeah. whatever salary I have, I, my tastes have changed. I don't know if I want that car anymore. I don't know if yeah. I, I'd look ridiculous in that car right now, you know? but You would not. Yeah, oh, oh, stop it. Yeah, well, according to me, would I look, would. So would it doesn't fanciful. matter. But, I mean, that's that's what happens. You you repurpose your dream. Now, yeah. you don't know what your dream is going to be like when, you know, you know you don't know what, what place your dream is going to be when you grow up in, in, and become old enough and smart enough and financially solvent enough to be able to pursue the dream, right? Yeah. You don't know where the world is going to be. Um, so... That is the way the world works. If you cannot, if it's not financially viable to own a comic book shop, by the time you grow up to be old enough and rich enough to own a comic book shop, mm -hmm. then you do have to repurpose your dream a little bit. Yeah. But if you grew up and you were financially softened enough and you own a comic book shop and you were able to kind of make it work a little bit, mm -hmm. there, there is, there is something to be said about the loss of that you know, of that dream, that having that dream taken away from you or, or having the world change so much that you cannot pursue that dream anymore mm -hmm. when you're in the middle of living that dream. Yeah. That is, that is a substantial loss. That, that is tremendous. You know, yeah. that's like getting the Trans Am and crashing <laughs> it into a school bus. You know, it's like, well, oh, you know, that's, that's you know, the funny part though, it, right? I had it in my hand and it was taken from me now. Right. So it was a very different experience. I know. I know. Well, Let's hope that uh, despite yesterday's press conference, 
that this could extend into July. Hopefully by July it will be safe. Hopefully Comic-Con will be safe. I'm, that's another thing that's been on my mind. We kind of talked about that off air as well, too. I'm hoping it's the end of July. I'm hoping that we will be able to do it. We will feel safe. We will be able to go in August and start resuming some sort of normalcy. Uh, and that includes going to movie theaters if they're still around when we do. All right, when we come back, we have happier, more vibrant things to talk about. And we have an awesome guest, uh, Mr. Fabian Nicieza, co-creator of Deadpool, but also a former Batman writer. So who better to tackle the Joker versus Joker versus matchup and a number of other awesome matchups in our March Movie Madness DC Films edition when we come up next. Welcome back to the Rogue Wave Podcast. Making his first official appearance on the Rogue Wave Podcast uh, is friend of the show, a former, well, he's the co-creator of Deadpool, but we brought him in because he's a former Batman writer, Mr. Fabian Nicieza. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, guys. How's everybody? Uh, we are staying healthy and uh, sane, but I don't know what that even means how, anymore. I don't know how healthy we're staying, you know? Like, the choice of food has gone way <laughs> You know, um, <laughs> but uh, we're staying fed. We're staying, we're staying alert. Staying <laughs> Speak for yourself. Uh, this is from the neck up here, thankfully. Uh, yeah, know. exactly. I don't know. I don't know how fit uh, one can get when you are locked inside your house all day. But I, we are a distraction for people. We hope to be in its distraction for people. Uh, we talked some sad uh, movie cancellations and movie postponements in the first segment with Wonder Woman being moved. Uh, Morbius being moved to next year and Ghostbusters next year and, and uh, you know, and wondering whether Comic-Con is even going to happen, uh, where it's going to be safe to even walk outside. Negative, negative, negative. We did not bring you on, Fabian, to talk negative. We talked... Yeah, because everyone knows how not negative <laughs> I am. <laughs> so we brought you on for the, for the positive. Uh, this, is, this is, you know, kid in the candy store kind of thing. We do it every year. It's our March movie madness. This year was our DC films for anybody who did not catch last week, but why wouldn't you catch last week's show? You can download it on iTunes. We're up there. Um, oh you can go into Spreaker and Stitcher and all these fun places and get our archives. Oh, see, Hassan has has this like uh, fear of paying bills and, I don't care uh, and about doesn't bills. And does not I, like. I just, yeah, I just don't. I just he hates don't promotion. He's always yes. exactly. Yes, yeah. I'm he's above it. About, I'm above it all. He's all he about just the, the glasses alone should be <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why it's a problem. But okay, go ahead. Go subscribe, ahead. subscribe to our channels and our podcast. Uh, but anyway, last uh, week no. we pitted 16 DC films against each other, March Madness style. Yes, it is April 1st. Happy April Fool's Day to everyone. But time has no meaning, so we are spilling into April with this. And we Obviously brought it, time has a plenty meaning because you're killing it. We broke it down to our Elite Eight. And the matchups, the current matchups, in the Earth-148 bracket, Superman 1 versus Aquaman. In the Earth-149 bracket, uh, Tim Burton's Batman versus V for Vendetta. In the Earth-159 bracket, Wonder Woman takes on Superman 2. And in the Earth-154 bracket, uh, the main event, really, which I'm actually happy it's not in the finals because I don't want it to be in the finals. I wanted eh, kind of socially engineered this a little bit. Dark Knight versus the Joker in our Earth-154 bracket. I think, um, now first of all, Fabian, you were telling us, you were surprised that Adam West Batman did not beat Tim Burton's Batman. What? what? Um, I think it's a matter of your age, uh, quite <laughs> frankly. Mm -hmm. If you are of age, you understand the sheer brilliance that was the Batman <laughs> TV show and the movie. <laughs> quite frankly. Um, and, and to think that anything in that Burton movie, anything in it, which it wasn't an awful movie by any means. I'm a critic of a lot of Burton stuff. I'm not a big fan of his, but the Batman movie wasn't awful. Nothing in that movie comes close to topping Batman running with a bomb along the docks and not <laughs> baby ducks. So the minute you understand and accept that as a truth, then you understand why there is no way that the Burton Batman well, can beat Batman. Sometimes, 
you just can't get rid of a bomb. Sometimes you can. <laughs> Sometimes you can. <laughs> Tell that to Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ooh, hot take. unfortunately, <laughs> well, not unfortunately. I'm, I'm. I, look, I, as I said last week, I grew up on the Batman TV series as well. I was a seven-year-old making Lego batarangs, you know, out of Legos, just because it was so great and doing Biffs and I have, I have many such memories myself that I won't share. Yeah, he, like he refuses to share. He, <laughs> and, like and apparently he has no idea who the monkeys are. That, that's, that's what it, we determined from last week's I, show. I didn't say I didn't know who the monkeys are. I said I didn't watch the monkeys. There's a mm. big difference. I know All exactly right. who the you monkeys are. You go listen right. to the transcript. Let's get it right. Get back to your spiel. <laughs> get back right. to your spiel. Tim Burton's <laughs> Batman did indeed move on. The only true upset from last week was V for Vendetta pulling in a playing game win uh, over both Batman, Retur- Batman Forever and Shazam. Uh, and now it's taken, it's, it's facing off against Tim Burton's Batman. And from the sound of it, I actually figured Fabian that you would be on the side of Tim Burton Batman and Beaver Vendetta would have a tough time get, moving past, but maybe I'm wrong. You may be wrong. Uh, I think I just I think V for Vendetta, uh, for what it was trying to adapt, was solid enough in, mm. in what it did. Um, I, I don't think it was by any means a great movie, but I don't think you, many of the movies on your chart are great movies. Um, <laughs> we, we weren't really working with a lot I, of material here. <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was disappointed in Batman when I originally saw it for the simple reason that it, it was such a muted version of what the character could or should be on screen. And part of that is because Tim Burton has no clue whatsoever how to direct action and how to, how to direct movement on, on screen. He's really good at, at quirky set pieces and quirky mm-hmm. interactions and, and exchanges. So the strengths of that movie were, were the quieter stuff, you know, um, sure. or the character interactions than it was anything Batman did. Um, and I'm trying to remember whether the character in V for Vendetta was able to move his neck or not. Um, <laughs> that, uh, if, if he was capable of moving his neck, then that probably gives them the edge. <laughs> so, he, so here's the thing that I liked about Tim Burton's Batman. Uh, a, obviously, it's not just, you know, it's, it's again, kind of going back to your original point of, like, when you grew up. It was the first, like, big movie. I was 10 years old when it came out. It was, it was an event, and it was awesome. What I loved about it, though, and, and I continue to love about it, is it took some of the campier elements from the Batman TV show and kind of did it in a way that wasn't campy. Like, his Joker, you know, there's, a, there's an homage to Cesar Romero. There's an homage there. there there's, there's an element to what Jack Nicholson's Joker does uh, to where it kind of incorporates the silliness, but it kind of ups the level of it. So I never, I never really had a problem with it. I, I get what you're saying with the action, but I would think 1989, you almost... You have to forgive in a, in a way because uh, you know modern action is a lot of CGI now too, and and things that we're able to do now. I thought I thought he pulled it off. Do, you, do we have to? No, we don't really have to. No, we do don't have to. We but have this to is this is this is my take. So yeah, oh, I, you know I, that's I, why I, I, I kind of do that. My yeah, biggest Jackie, issue. Jackie Chan might quibble with you regarding the ability <laughs> sure. to shoot action on screen in nineteen eighty nine. But he wasn't wearing a giant bat suit. <laughs> um, my, my issue with Vita Vendetta, and, and I mentioned it last week, is it is a faithful adaption, except they changed the most pivotal part, and, and they turn it into a love story versus a, a father-daughter story, which is... That, yeah, that's valid. Yeah. I, I haven't seen the movie in, since about a, a year after it came out. I think I watched it on cable one time mm-hmm. after it came out, and that's it. So I haven't seen it in a long, long time. It's one of my favorite graphic novels, and the Wachowskis, uh, Wachowski sisters did such an amazing job up until the very point where they kind of gave in, I feel like uh, if I read this correctly, the studios are like, "Well, let's we're going to release it around Valentine's Day. We want it to be a couples movie, so uh, can you can you tweak that part?" And 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 that was a concession. I don't know if any of that is accurate, but I do know that they did make a concession and make it a you know a romance for just for the sake of trying to bring in a female audience. And I'm sitting there going, "You ruined the whole." Uh, to me, it was an unforgivable change. Watchmen. He changes it at the end from, you know, the squid monster to Dr. Manhattan. Makes total yeah, sense to yeah, me. That's un- yeah, that's an understandable change. Makes I, total sense. I don't. I get the studio's notes, though, because nothing says date night like Adam <laughs> and David Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> nothing says like a Guy Fawkes mask yeah, I, you yeah, know, and Natalie Portman, right? 
Little, so, so, little candlelight. There was a lot of candlelight in the movie, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess it was very romantic when you really yeah. boil it down when she when he was shaving her head. Yeah, uh, by, and, and, by Victorian <laughs> standards, it was super romantic. <laughs> torturing her in a jail cell. Um, I don't so know what I, you guys are talking about. I mean, that's I got much it. how any of my Thursday and Friday nights go. <laughs> that's, so, uh, you know, go check I mean, out I don't, uh, Hassan's I don't, Tinder I don't, profile. I don't appreciate the critique. I really don't. I don't appreciate it. Um, <laughs> so I got I to gotta, I gotta move Batman uh, ahead. Hassan, we got a V and we got a Batman. What do you think? V for Vendetta versus Batman. Bat- Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. Didn't we do this? Didn't I, didn't I have a take on it? No, I, I had a take on it. Um, no, we did Batman Forever versus Beaver. Ah, uh, yes, okay. Which you hated, and I just gleefully enjoyed Batman Forever. Well, yeah, of course you oh. did. Um, I want to. <laughs> uh, am I allowed to call up and get Batman sixty six back into? <laughs> for the you for, I forgot the most important thing. Each of us do have one upset that we can that we can trigger uh, at any point. However, for the existing matchups, for the okay. existing matchups, all right. That would just throw everything out Rules are rules, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then you'd be doing Batman 1966 versus V for Vendetta. I I severely, severely (laughs) like um, V for Vendetta over Batman, over Tim Mm -hmm. Burton's Batman, personally. Mm. However, Batman has a a more commanding place in my heart than Mm -hmm. V for Vendetta. So I would advance uh, Batman. Over I get it. I get it. I agree. I All right, Batman. Just, it's just my anti-Burton vote, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> Batman advances to the final four. All right, we're gonna go uh, across the bracket, and we're gonna hit up. Uh, this was a comical matchup because uh, you laughed at it uh, when I posted on Facebook. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fight I, for the I underdog. Wondered, was it all gonna be this easy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fi- I'm gonna fight for the underdog a little bit on this one, but probably will be this easy. I uh, think that's su- incredibly noble of you, man. <laughs> Superman <laughs> one versus Aquaman. Now, first of all, Aquaman had a tough challenge uh, to begin with because it went okay, up against yeah. Red. Uh, Red is one of my favorite. Just it's one of the most enjoyable movies. You know, just popcorn action movies. Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman, based off the Wildstorm comic. Uh, but but Hassan actually changed my mind mid midstream, uh, and and Aquaman was an underdog, even though it was a two seed, and and it and it triumphed. This one's a little tougher, uh, Hassan. I know you're impartial to Superman one, but you fought for Aquaman, so. What's your take on this matchup? Superman 1 versus Aquaman. Yes. What's your take on this particular matchup? Unfortunately, Superman 1 versus Aquaman is pretty much the same situation as Batman versus uh, V for Vendetta. Whereas, well, no, no. Actually, that's wrong. Superman 1 is a better movie than Aquaman. I like Aquaman. Um, I appreciate the struggle that Aquaman went through. I like Jason Momoa uh, tremendously, and I'm happy for him. And so since since he's a... since he's the premier of a billion-dollar franchise now, he doesn't need my vote. Um, the Richard Donner Bat, uh, Superman is a is a genuinely superior film to Aquaman, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It is the father of all cinematic uh, comic book movies, as far as I'm concerned. It is it's dated in the visuals, but personally, it is unsurpassed as a genuine cinematic experience. You know, that is not a cliche. It's not a pandering kind of situation. It is is genuine. uh, um, It is a genuine cinematic experience, to repeat myself. And (laughs) And I I, 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 I agree with Hassan 100%. And I'll add the caveat that you can't, I don't think it's appropriate to judge the visual standards of what oh, is ca- being done today to what was done 30 years ago. No, 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 wait, just, just to clarify, I'm not even talking about the special effects. I'm just talking about the, the fashion. If you oh. get no, <laughs> that's not fair. Either, I mean, he that's, ran the, into, that's the fashion your parents were wearing. And he I ran was wearing. Into, he <laughs> ran into a, a pimp with feathers in his, in his cap. You know, Which will <laughs> return next, in ten years. Look, in ten years, they will be picked with feathers, feathers in their cap. I mean, it's it's invariable. Look, 
Women are wearing I'm mom jeans. To that mom time. jeans, people. <laughs> this is Kelly Kapowski, nineteen ninety one, and it's two thousand and twenty, and and they're back. So fashion, no, I don't. I disregard fashion. Well, Maybe son, you- I watched the Deuce on HBO. Everybody was wearing feathers <laughs> in their hats. Yeah, you're not wrong. In fact, you're in fact the wrong. world would be a better place if there were more feathers. I actually in used their to caps. walk around Port Authority in Times Square when I was a kid because my parents would go into Manhattan every weekend, and we'd all go in as a family. So I was like ten years old, eleven years old. That whole area was exactly what they're showing then. <laughs> everybody's like woo yeah. <laughs> this, this is what i want to actually in blue suits this All is right. what I, this is what i want to fight for. no no it's, it's totally fine this is what i want to fight for aquaman in this regard it doesn't necessarily mean i'm going to say it should it should advance over Superman, but you make the argument of course the special effects are light years different for what we can do now versus what we can do back then however the argument that wasn't my argument, but yeah, okay. Well, it was, it was, Fabian had kind of brought that up. What? Um, no, he said that that doesn't count. Well, he says, <laughs> but I say it actually does because I think what Aquaman did was actually a little more—I don't want to say more difficult, but challenging in its own right—to create something that we haven't seen in the midst of all these movies where we've seen, you know, the most amazing, stunning visuals. They managed to create a a brand new world. I feel like. Um, using the visual effects, and I think that's actually like something in like its Superman, favor. Superman was just as groundbreaking in its time. Yeah, it you was. Know? So, like, I, I, I hate to do this, but I think I can, I, I get your argument, and I, and I do respect what they did. The, I thought the, the production values, as far as the, the building of the visual story world, was the strongest aspect of Aquaman. But mm-hmm. having said that, I'll put a, I'll put a, your, your argument to an end, I think, pretty easily. The entire marketing campaign for Superman was, you will believe a man can fly. Yeah. The entire marketing campaign for Aquaman was not, you will believe a man can swim. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it should have been. Yeah. Maybe and, it should have been. You believed a man could fly when, in 1976 or when we watched that movie for the first time because that Thank was God. the most important part of why people we're going to see that you know yeah so so within the context of its time yeah anything they did in superman was was quite frankly twice as revolutionary yeah i know as what they did in aquaman and that's giving credit to aquaman because i do think that that the visual the visualization of what they were showing us was was absolutely the best aspect of the movie yeah for me. yeah for me. I tried. I still vote for Superman too. So Superman as well. So it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't it, I just want to. I just want to give him a little. Give him a little love. There, I hear you. But, That's good. We, we uh, were able, look, you you were able to get me to say positive things about Superman. <laughs> <which, laughs> I, I gave at best a C plus, and and the plus was for the visual stuff, and and because Momoa, although I think he's really really awful for the part, is really a, a, a likable actor. You know. Yeah. We agree. Fair enough. That's All right. Moving on to our third matchup, uh, Wonder Woman versus Superman 2. This is tough. Now, let me tell you, here, here's the thing. Uh, Hassan is not a fan of Superman 2. He likes it, don't get me wrong. But, mm-hmm. but I, I actually like Superman 2 way better than Superman 1. I think Superman 2, to me, uh, stands out in my head more, despite all the crazy wackiness that does kind of happen toward the end, um, or, or, or because of. Where do you stand on both these films Fabian and and is this is this you said it's kind of tough. So what do you this think about tough one? I used to I, I used to like Superman two more than Superman one mm-hmm. in the last ten or ten years or so uh, fifteen years I've I've altered that um, because I used to like Superman two more because it it was so much more comfortable in its own skin after the first movie and it was a lot of fun and then once again they put stuff on screen that we hadn't seen before at that time mm-hmm. uh, although by today's standards of course it's really hokey um, sure but but the flaws in superman 2 uh start to crumble over the course of time it doesn't mm-hmm. bear the, the weight of its mistakes um in the same way oh, uh, having good. said that I, I i i really enjoyed wonder woman up until about the seventy percent mark, yeah, uh, and then it turned into a bad Zack Snyder uh, video, <laughs> it video turned into game. Like a video game, video yeah. Game I mean, it wasn't even like stupidity fest. Yeah. So that really soured me leaving Wonder Woman when I saw it in the theater. Uh, but the more I've seen Wonder Woman since, and I've probably seen it three or four more times, um, the the good in that movie for me outweighs the bad. So with Superman two now, over the course of time, the bad has outweighed the good. 
Um, so I got to be honest, as much as Kevin McGuire, my friend, may hit me, I probably would lean <laughs> towards Wonder Woman over Superman 2 because in many ways Wonder Woman was a more important movie yeah. um, and, and mattered more to more people who needed it to matter to them, um, mainly, mainly, you know, young girls, women, everything else, um, that, that I'd, I'd lean toward Wonder Woman. That's interesting. Yeah, I, we, I think all three of us share the same kind of opinion about Wonder Woman, and it's funny because uh, Hassan and I were in a band, and one of our band uh, mates at one point was like, his famous saying was, um, uh, you know, you can mess up the song as much as you want, but if you nail the ending, then, then no one remembers that. They only remember the, they only remember the, like the way you, you, you end yeah. the song. And, and Wonder Woman had that kind of, kind of issue. For me, I actually didn't have it. It's funny because Hassan actually brought this up and it's, it's one of these things that I don't really remember um, having issue with until he brought it up last week. And I'm like, oh yeah, Superman does kind of, kind of kill those people, doesn't he? Hmm. That is kind of anti-Superman. <laughs> Although I thought he, I, I don't think he killed him. See, that's the thing. I don't I'll, think he did either. I, I don't though. think he killed him. This was a this was a lighthearted comic book movie. So he's not killing those people. He's banishing them. Uh, yeah, it's it's how villains have been disposed of in in pulps and comics forever. You know, yeah. Doctor Octopus didn't die in an atom bomb explosion. You know, <laughs> but if you had only sure. seen the atom bomb explosion, you would have thought he definitely died. Right. But, you know, two years later, we find out no, his tentacles absorb the radiation. So you know, <laughs> to me, the, anybody who argues that that. Superman killed in that movie, and many of the people who are making that argument are Snyderites. Um, <laughs> I, I find it, I find it kind of silly because within the context of the time that movie was being made and the tone of the movie overall, he's not killing anyone. Yeah, no, I disagree. I, yeah, <laughs> I disagree. You, you think I, I, Snyderite? I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I'll, I'll wear it. Um, I think. I think I agree with you that probably they made a, a better Superman three, which we will not go into at all. Yeah, in context. That's I think if they made a better Superman three and they brought back um, the you know potential Terrence Stamp and and the, and the crew, then you would explain it that way, and so that would exonerate whatever he did in Superman two to supposedly banish them. But the problem is, there's no way he knew. That they were gonna survive it. I don't know that. Again, that's a presumption on your part because you want to side on the on the these. You want to lean to the side that says he killed them. So I'm leaning to the side that says he didn't kill them because he doesn't okay. kill, and they didn't die because he knew they weren't gonna die, and they did. So the you know it's a very Fabian? easy counter argument to make. Fabian, explain to me the cellophane S. <laughs> And that's another great Snyderite maneuver. That, that's, that's like the, that's like the Trump Snyder shuffle. I, I address one thing you say, and then you sidestep it because I made a very logical I, point, and you sidestep it. And I cannot explain the cellophane. That's stupid. But the cellophane has absolutely nothing to do with the conversation. It does. What's, what's worse? It doesn't. It was a, it was a it was a it was a technique of changing the subject. While staying on good terms, but Hassan, oh. what's <laughs> by changing what's the, We could never not be on good terms. What's the <laughs> what's stupider though? What's stupider, the cellophane S or the video game like ending to Wonder Woman? In in the context of what Fabian said about uh, the seventy percent mark, right? Which I actually absolutely agree with uh, pertaining to that movie, and it does kind of fall apart there. The difference from our perspective, even though I 100% agree, is by the 70%, they've already got me. So if they mm. want to cartoon out the ending, I'm like, okay, this sucks. But, uh, you know, the, the experience was good enough for 70% of my time that I, you know, that I'll let it go over the finish line. So I do not, abs I absolutely do not disagree that the movie falls apart. I don't exonerate it because it fell apart. Um, if we're just talking about a personal preference, I'm okay with it because it gave me 70% worth of entertainment up to that point. But, yeah. you know... Um, and, and, but Superman 2 is almost the reverse. Because the, it the is. third act was, was weak and had so many flaws in it, then you, you leave the theater feeling frustrated, you know, by, by what, what it did. It's not selling you enough, though. 
So whatever right. happened beforehand isn't selling you enough the way Wonder Woman did. And, and, and also, again, and again, that that perspective is an older person's perspective. When I was a kid, I ate it with a giant spoon. I thought it was the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. You know, but but as I you know as I get older, and it has nothing to do with whether he killed them or not. That's that was just a kind of a, a a gag between Dolce and I. It's it's nothing to do with that. What you're saying about the flaws in the film in general is is kind of my same perspective yeah. on it. You know, yeah. um, and I don't defend Schneider because I did not like uh, uh, Man of Steel or uh, Batman versus Superman. So yeah, but you love I'm sucker not a, punch. You love I, sucker punch. I love <laughs> sucker punch, but I'm not a Snyderite. <laughs> I, All right. I, I reject that. But, um, well, I, think, but yeah. I think Hassan and I are both voting for Wonder Woman, it sounds like. It, yes. So it, then the question I, is, I is it unanimous? Or it not? is, and, and, it's, and it's not an upset here either. I will not upset <laughs> Superman 2 ahead of Wonder Woman. I will say the context of Wonder Woman counts, though, uh, around the movie, which is actually something Hassan always argues against, uh, oh. that, we should, that we should care about this kind of stuff. But Wonder Woman was also the first DC, modern DC film post Christopher Nolan that didn't suck it and, and so it wasn't great by any standards but it was like wow that was so much better than the last like three movies we saw from DC so hey it's that 70% is like 140% just based off of that and and I also weigh social uh, the social aspects of a movie and its release and and try to look at that in perspective as well and I think that there's a tremendous no that has no bearing on this to, no, to Wonder no. Woman's success I'm sorry but <laughs> Uh, see, seeing, seeing, like you know, eight-year-old girls dressing up as Wonder Woman to go to the movie, I think, I think is phenomenally important and and says a lot about a movie's impact. Which yeah, in many ways, says a lot about a movie. Um, yeah. So, so I have to, I have to give give some of that to Wonder Woman. I mean, it's yeah. not going to make a difference if it's going up against Superman one, but that's okay. I'm just saying <laughs> that, that I do, I do factor that in. Uh, we're we're, we're going to try to pull in a new mystery guest for next week, so that'll be their that'll be their uh, um, <laughs> that'll be their, their battle problem. to wage their battle to wage. <laughs> but yes, all right. Wonder Woman goes in. So so far we are we are chalk uh, all chalk here. We got the, all the one seeds uh, moving forward. Um, wait, you you it up for Batman, right, Hassan? Yes, yeah. So, yeah but yes. Hassan, it yeah, was okay, two good. to one. Good. Batman okay. winning. I had to remember that for a second. This, this is the world we live in right now where time has no meaning and I can't remember what just happened 15 <laughs> minutes ago. We move on to it'll our final... 15, it'll be the same 15 minutes tomorrow, Mike. I know. I know. We move on to our final matchup. This is the most intriguing one of the, uh, at least in my opinion, uh, of the entire second round. The Dark Knight, Heath Ledger's Joker, taking on Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, both Oscar winners. Um... If it counts for anything, Joaquin Phoenix won the Best Actor versus <laughs> Heath Ledger only winning Best Supporting Actor. Uh, Fabian, what is your take on... Actually, no, Hassan, let's start with you. Because I, I, I know you have very, very um, strong feelings toward The Dark Knight, and uh, it's, it's important for Fabian to understand where you're coming from here. <clears throat> Dark Knight versus Joker. That's the, that's the contest, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... Uh, I do not like The Dark Knight because I do not, even though I think it is a superior movie, I think it's a, a really brilliant film. I think it's a terrible Batman film in my own personal opinion because uh, I think uh, I think what's his name's Batman is, is atrocious mm -hmm. um, in my personal opinion. <coughs> However, I Where have are never... the drugs? Swear to me! Um, we've... I've never been shy about the fact that I think that Heath Ledger's Joker is absolutely brilliant. And it, in, in my opinion, it, it absolutely legitimizes that film in my, it, it, from, from my perspective. Now, I think that Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal is brilliant. I just don't... I just think the movie in and of itself is a scam. And so... My opinion is I would advance uh, the Dark Knight, in spite of my, in spite of my legendary vitriol for that film. <laughs> I would I would uh, advance the Dark Knight over Joker, personally. Oh, wow, that's actually that's that's a stunner. Okay, Fabian. Uh, Dark Knight over Joker, in the same way that I would rather eat Taco Bell than a pile of dog shit. <laughs> 
Wing. Um, I mean, I, I, do you really want me to get into how much I loathed the Joker movie? Really? Actually, I, actually, I, yes. I would like you it. to get into. Yeah, that. no, I, I would too. I'm really, I'm curious about this. <laughs> I, I would have left the theater, which I have, I have not left the movie, and I have no clue how long. Um, probably since I've seen it. I would have left the theater at the one second mark of that movie if I if I did not want to abandon my friend Kevin McGuire, okay? Because <laughs> we were seeing it together. From the second they put up the grainy 1970s version of the Warner logo is when I said, this movie has lost me. <laughs> because it is pretending to be something it is not. It is pretending to be a 1970s movie. I saw all those movies, most of them when they originally came out in the theater, okay? Mm. So the thought that these posers were going to be recreating something of its time told me right off the bat that this movie was a complete fake. And it was a complete fake. It was nothing more than a pastiche of several brilliant movies which were brilliant because of their time when they were made. And and it's nothing but a jigsaw puzzle that's put together by other people's pieces. Mm. So it, it, with, it, it is awful. With a candy coat of of having a comic book villain as the as the as the main MacGuffin or as a main uh, protagonist antagonist of the film, which the director even copped out after the film came out and said, hey, it might not even be the Joker. I mean, like, oh, yeah. it's Whatever. nothing is genuine. Nothing is genuine in it. I have the exact same, um, without, with, completely, uh, with, without the art that uh, Fabian just displayed in, in breaking it down. I have the exact same feelings about it. Um, and, yeah, so... And I'll also say, I, even, I, I was even frustrated that he won Best Actor for the movie. Really? I, I think Keith Ledger's performance was far superior to Joaquin Phoenix's. I mean, far superior. Because he, he crafted something wholly unique around, uh, around a previously established character that in many ways didn't violate or mitigate what other performers had done before, okay? So he found, he found a path that was wholly his own, but still respected intonations and inflections and tones that other actors had brought to the role, okay? Joaquin Phoenix repeated the same tics, movements, verbal spasms repeatedly throughout the movie. And if you watch the movie again, which I'm never going to do, but I, <laughs> I, I would be happy if you guys did, you will see that it is nothing more than a recycling of what he's already established in the part in the first act and, and and with with possibly just a bit of an escalation as the character's madness gets a little a little more insane but there was there was nothing to it that that was to me original uh, and unique only because any original originality he brought to it he brought to it at the very beginning and then just kept repeating it um the, the, the heath leger's joker was always had a moment of surprise, always had a moment where he caught you off guard. He, uh, whether it was a, a pause before saying something or a reaction to something someone else says, there was always something unique happening throughout the course of that whole movie. Um, I, I, if I got to see frickin' Yucking Gene Phoenix dance one more time, I swear <laughs> to God, I'm going to blow my brains out. With that being said... I think I'm going to vote for Dark Knight. <laughs> Now you, you guys have me at you guys have me at a uh, at a at a mental crossroads here. I got to be honest with you, because this was going to be my upset special. Oh, 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 pull it, pull the upset, and uh, only because it'll lose so easily. In <laughs> <But> that's, <laughs> well, see now this is what this is this is why I'm as the as the circus uh, for, as the, was the ringmaster here. I really I'm really curious to know. See Hassan. Hassan threw the monkey wrench in this whole thing, because actually I don't disagree with anything you guys said, but I know Hassan has vitriol for the Dark Knight. So I actually thought he might side on the side of the Joker. And that's why I thought this might play out a little bit different. It did not. <laughs> so now I really want to know what's going to happen next week if the Dark Knight goes up against Tim Burton's Batman. 
And Ooh. do I save the upset card for that, or do I use That's it an here? Interesting one. Because all <laughs> I can tell you guys, not be, I won't be here next week. Sadly, <laughs> all I can tell you is Superman One is just sitting there, like rubbing its hands together, <laughs> happy as could be, no matter what choices you guys make. <laughs> all I, and the other thing I can say is, I'm really, really glad that Captain America: Winter Soldier wasn't a DC movie. Otherwise, <laughs> Superman I know, you know One it. might be in trouble. Yeah, yeah that's your true. favorite. All right, I will. I will hold on to my upset card. Oh boy! Till the final four. Uh, and we will advance Dark Knight into the final four. And uh, hashtag winning. That is our <laughs> that is our Joker elite losing. eight. Joker final losing means four. me winning. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. I, I, the other thing, guys, as we look at this, I got just real quick, I wanna just comment. What it really did for me through the course of this conversation is make me realize just how superior the average Marvel film has been mm. to the average DC Warner film has been. This um, was a this yeah. was a tough one. It, 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 it's not Marvel an easy movies have just been better, better made, better structured, better, better, more entertaining. Everything, you know. Yeah, um, and their rewatchability has been and their rewatchability, the yeah, is, is much much stronger in many ways. Yeah. Sidebar before we go to break, uh, we did a our first ever one, I think, or our second March Madness, I forget which one it is. We did '90s comic book films, all right. So we pitted the best '90s, and it was a tough. It was a it was slim pickings. Mm -hmm. uh, '90s comic book films: Crow, Ninja Turtles. You know, uh, you have Batman Returns, Batman Forever. Might have been an easier bracket than finding films in the DC world <laughs> when all was said and done. Which just, is, when, I'm surprised. Why isn't Man of Steel? Was Man, Man of Steel didn't not make even the, on your list? Didn't even, yeah, it didn't make the Justice we, League and Man of Steel and and Batman versus Superman didn't even make your list. They, they, yeah, they didn't even the, the NCAA didn't even pick them for the tournament. Correct. That, Correct. that is a that in and of itself, guys, is a damning, damning yeah. indictment of the of the Warner DC films. We had our we had our selection your show. Most recent and biggest yeah. movies with your biggest characters can't even make your your tournament bracket. Man of Steel was it was a uh, a bubble team for sure. Yeah, uh, I could see that, and I I just I did not like the movie, but I could see it being a bubble. Yeah, team, it know? was a bubble. And, uh, and unfortunately, uh, the what you burst. might be able to do is like <laughs> do the same bracket, guys, with the worst movies, <laughs> and then argue about the the worst movies. <laughs> hey, I am always looking for suggestions for the uh, March movie madness for next year. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's exactly what we do. Fabian, as always, it's a pleasure. This is your first appearance in the Rogue Wave podcast, which is exciting for us. Thank you, guys. Congratulations uh, too on 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 the new the new podcast. I think it's great. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you very much. All right. When we come up, uh, when we come back, I keep saying when we come up, when we come back, the future of comics, is it, is, did coronavirus just change everything? When we come back. Welcome back to the Rogue Wave Podcast. I want to thank our guest, Fabian Nicieza. This is his first appearance uh, as a Rogue Wave uh, guest, so that was pretty cool. Um, but he's been on our old podcast numerous times, so he will return. He is an amazing guest, and we thank him for his time and his somewhat diligent answers to our March Movie Madness questions. We do this every week. We talk about the comic books that make up all the movies and TV shows that you love. And boy, oh boy, is there a lot going on. We call this segment Spinning the Racks. Spin the rack, spin the rack. The publishers respond to a comic book industry that is at its core being challenged. Uh, first, I want to thank uh, fans of the show, David Rosenberg and Mike O'Neill, for kind of tuning me into this article. This is a Polygon article. Uh, coronavirus measures are challenging the very core of the comic book industry. Uh, kind of goes into detail about 
last week's announcement that Diamond was going to actually cease uh, distributing comics for a while. Um, some retailers were, were actually happy with that only because what are they going to do uh, if they can't either A, be open, uh, you know, or B, customers aren't going to come in, they're going to be stuck with product. Uh, on March 18th, so this article from Polygon actually kind of summarizes pretty good, March 18th, Image Comics became the first publisher to publicly respond to the mandatory shutdowns many stores faced. Uh, they assured retailers all products would be returned within 60 days uh, and canceled all non-essential releases, such as second printings and reprints. Um, you know, Vault Comics, Boom Studios, Archie, Aftershock. Uh, many small publishers were glad to offer retailers 60 to 90 day returns on all new stock, while publisher TKO offered to match 50% of any order sent to retailers. Um, and then finally, March 20th, uh, Mar uh, Marvel stepped up to offer deep discounts, uh, but not returns, leaving many retailers uh, disappointed, according to this article. March 28th, DC finally announced it would offer returnability on all its print books, released between March 18th and June 24th. And this was kind of the big, the big news we had talked about, you know, kind of between ourselves uh, throughout the week. The company would look into alternate distribution models as well. Uh, I want to talk about that in a second, but just to kind of bring it all full circle, uh, it Originally said, DC said they would not pause digital releases, uh, but then they did announce they're going to pause digital releases. And on and yesterday, actually, uh, Marvel Comics announced it would not release any new digital titles on Wednesday, April 1st. Uh, the company has not offered returnability still. Uh, however, Comixology, we don't know what's going on with them because they are a digital comic book company. Uh, but first, what's your reaction to the move of alternate publisher, you know, alternate distribution that DC is looking into. I mean, is this actually a good thing for comics, right? How can it be a bad thing? I mean, you can't have one company monopolizing the, the, the mobilization of the entire industry. Yeah. So that when they, they start running low or their sales start running low, they can actually cripple the entire industry. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's nonsense. So, uh, again, just like we were talking about the home video uh, uh, phenomenon or whatever, this is, uh, you know, this will be an opportunity to put a, a lot of um, hypothetical, um, uh, hypothetical business models to to the test. You know, right? Can we survive without Diamond? Can we survive without uh, movie theaters? You know, mm -hmm. without cinemas? Um, and you know, what 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 will the change look like? Will it be something we can live with? So I think the fact that they're willing to experiment, the fact that they're willing to try to work and keep the retailers involved in um, in the in the grand scheme of uh, comic book distribution, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a great idea. Instead of just one hundred percent abandoning the uh, the retailers to go full digital, although they should really go full digital as well as sell tangible copies, as well as find other means. But that's the problem, right? And this is what this is what they kind of say in the article, though, uh, that even though print publishing remains the primary way American comics are consumed, many retailers fear their customers will just jump ship to digital. Um, and that's why... But that's the market. I mean, the market is the market. You know, you can't... I mean, I know. you don't want to put someone... Well, that's, out like of organizing the that's like organizing the living room, right? I mean, You don't want to put someone out of business deliberately, but I mean, if, if something... If the technology comes along, it streams along and ends up putting you know, a, a prior way of doing business out of mm -hmm. business, out of, out of commission. Yeah. That's the market. That's, that's the, the, the circumstances that the market will bear. Yeah. So you can't, I mean, that's very different than just deciding, well, we're not going to do this anymore because it's not going to work for us. So everybody else is screwed. You know, yeah. that's it. That's a, that's a completely different way of operating because in the in the way that they're proposing to do it, in the way of finding an alternative to print media and also doing um, full digital, there are innovators out there. There are retailer innovators out there who will be able to make both work for them. You know, they'll find a way yeah. to innovate to make it work for them. I, and then and then the ones who don't know how to change, don't know how to innovate, will be the ones that go extinct. That's I just don't know. I don't know how. You, I, I've thought about path. this. I've thought about this. I really have. And I I think the only way to really still have a comic book store going forward is to actually not be a comic book store is to really be a, you know, selling coffee Wait, and selling I mean, tea I mean, and selling alcohol and 
food and and, and you're, comics you're become part of it. Extrapolating that from all but, the knowledge that you already have. Sure, you're extrapolating that from what you already know, but we don't know what we don't know yet. Right. We don't know what ideas someone's going to come up with that's going to make their a, a retail uh, establishment, a retail organization viable in a digital right. world. So, I mean, yes, ultimately you're right, and some people will will um, resort to that. But there are, I'm sure there's an alternative where both can be possible, you know, and someone's going to innovate that and that'll change the industry again, you know? That'll I mean, the only other option you have is in a way what vinyl is to the music industry, right? Because we actually have a template for all this stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, comic book retailers have kind of been fighting it and the publishers have kind of gone along with it as well i mean it all it takes is marvel and dc to say you know we need to um you know we need to we need to make money so we're going to release digital um you know that's all that's all it takes and, and then this is and then this is over all right i mean this is essentially over but at the same time um you know uh it's 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 tough. It's this nostalgia. It's, a, it's we're holding on to our dreams, you know, <laughs> like that kind of thing. It's, we're holding on to our childhood. We're holding on to the things that we love. But the things that we loved are not necessarily what the new generation loves. And the means of, of, of receiving this at its core is, is definitely being shaken. Um, it, very, very fascinating to see how this impacts everything. I mean, it's, it's I mean, really amazing if you think about it and not just comic books, but everything, you know, how this has impacted uh, our life. And, and, you know, is it something that we're going to simply be able to rebound from? I don't know. I really don't know. All right. This is our take. Uh, we hope you uh, enjoyed our show tonight. Uh, next week, uh, we will finish off our DC, DC March movie madness uh, into April. Cause why the heck not? Time has no meaning these days. Uh, we will also discuss some more coronavirus impacted things and uh, maybe we'll throw in a review or two of some stuff that has recently hit Netflix and VOD. We will see you guys next week. Oh, great.